I hope you guys are having a good day. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent Black people. And uh, speaking of intelligent Black people, I have the opportunity to speak with the one and only Nicole D. Price. Uh, Nicole is uh, just not just a really smart Black woman, but she's also the author of the book, The Lively Paradox, right? That's correct. And then the the holy educated. Uh, I'm not gonna say the whole title. <laughs> I'll let y'all go Google that. <laughs> I'm trying not to cuss. I'm trying to get away from that, but uh, but it, it ain't gonna work. It ain't gonna work. But anyway, um, so uh, I'd like to ask Dr. Price, how you doing today? You know, I'm fabulous. I too have uh, tried to stop cursing, uh, but every year I seem to fall off by this this point in the calendar. Well, let's do a survey. Okay, so as you put your B1s in the chat, how many of y'all uh, cuss a little bit too much? How many How many, How many? many cussers we got in the building? I, I I read where they said that cussing is actually a, form, a sign of intelligence. So, right? So maybe that's our that's our excuse, right? <laughs> I'm, too, I'm too smart to not cuss. I can't help it. it just, I'm, my brain is just making me cuss because I got to get it out. Uh, but anyway, so uh, if you want to know why Dr. Price is uh, was invited here today, um, uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for Dr. Price, uh, largely because she is a, a big part of what our community needs. Uh, one thing that Dr. Price can do among her many uh, her many magic tricks and, and skill sets, a broad set of skills that she has, is she's very good at relationship management. She is able to um, help people figure out how to get along well enough to achieve common goals. Now, <clears throat> now many of you know that we've been talking about relationships for a long time. And a lot of people thought that I was just getting weird. Um, they thought that I was doing that because I got married, uh, which obviously that that plays a part in, in the shaping of who you are as a person. But, but one of the things I picked up, particularly from George C. Frazier, who came into this platform, is I said, that's it. That's the secret. If, if we can get our people to really uh, be intentional about working together, getting along with each other, conflict resolution, we can achieve common goals. And, and, and so, Dr. Price, in fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to point out an example. And I'm going to just kind of you, you don't even know what this example is. I didn't even tell her about this. But uh, there is this skateboarder um, uh, who killed who killed his friend. And, um, and these two guys were, were best friends. And, uh, and and he's a brother out of Chicago. I'm trying to find their picture. I'll find it at some point. Here we go. Terry Kennedy. And uh, Terry Kennedy was, uh, <clears throat> he was a really famous skateboarder to the point where he uh, was actually in video games. I don't, I don't know if anybody heard of that story. Give me a guess and on the chat if you heard the story about Terry Kennedy. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share my screen because I want you all to see what I'm seeing here. So Terry Kennedy had a, had a buddy and apparently him and his buddy, uh, we're doing things together, uh, you know, I've been doing business together, hanging out together, everything else. Uh, there's a picture of these two together. These are two brothers, He's, you know, brothers in, you know, in that figurative term. And somehow Terry is accused of killing his friend. Right. And um, and it may be surprising for a lot of us because, you know, you're like, well, why would you kill your friend? Well, a lot of times that's the way passion kind of works. You know, the people that we fight the hardest are the ones who hurt us the most because they were closest to us. And I don't know the details of how that happened, but but I want you to understand why people like Dr. Price are important. When I see that, Dr. Price, and I'd like to get your thoughts on that. What I see is that when you have somebody that you're close to in your family, whether it's family, friends or whatever, um, you know, you, you you can go hit that fork in the road, right? Something happens, there's a trigger. So it can either um, allow you to go in the right direction and build a stronger relationship where you can do great things together and, and, and conquer things together, or it can go in the wrong re direction, right? Where 
everything is destroyed. And, uh, and, and to me, that's energy, love and connection. That's energy. Right. And so, you know, when I see something like what happened with Terry, I see a scenario where the energy went bad with that positive energy that they were using to build and to do great things. Suddenly that energy became destructive energy where they're aiming it at each other. And somebody ends up dead and all the, and now one's going to prison for a long time. Um, tell me about what I just said in terms in, in what you're hearing from what I said about how the use of that energy and the way we connect with the people that we're close to plays a part in our life outcomes. Yeah, I, I want to first acknowledge that that's a really sad story. I, um, regardless of if Terry did it or not, he lost his friend. And it's always really sad when we lose our friends. And when we think about relationship and we think about business and going into business with people we like, we love, um, that's one of the dangers that the relationship, if we're not being thoughtful, can uh, be at risk. But it doesn't it doesn't have to be. Typically, what we do is use hope as a strategy and hope is not a strategy. We just get together with people who we think we have commonalities with and we say, all right, you and I, we kind of think the same about this topic, about this product. Let's work together and just throw bodies at it. Um, but there are some proven strategies that will work and do work and things that we can do to make sure that we are thinking the same way about how we communicate. Uh, Dr. Boyce, you and I have known each other for a while now, and our communication styles are very different. And there's a benefit to mine and a benefit to yours. And we need to come to some agreement if we were going to work directly together for a long time on how we want to handle that. You know, how do we want to handle the communication differences between us? You and I handle change likely differently. I absolutely know we handle conflict differently. And if we don't have a conversation about that before it becomes an issue, what is more likely to happen is that the negative parts of our personality is what tends to lead and not the thoughtful parts of our personality. Interesting. Well, you know, I think about that, right? And and one thing I've noticed <clears throat> is that when, when I think about some of the ugliest conflicts I've had, you know, it's, it's interesting because... Um, they say the opposite of love is hate, but it's not right. The opposite of love is indifference. And sometimes the, the, the matter you are at that person or the matter they are at you, the, it, it reflects how close you were. Like, like, I'm not, I'm not just mad at you because you did something wrong to me. I'm mad at you because I still kind of, I, I love you, but I hate you. Maybe I hate that. I love you. Or I, I or I just, or, or you just, or the hurt that, that came from, you know, from whatever occurred, it hurt me more that a person close to me did that to me than it would if a stranger did or said or whatever the case may be. Right. And I think that you, and you see it all the time. I mean, I don't know how many of y'all give me a yes or no in the chat. If you can think of examples of, of times where two people were really close and uh, suddenly things just blew up and went out of control and it became just the most ridiculous ghetto slugfest type situation you've ever seen. And I'm not just talking about with, with just fists. I'm talking about just, you know, just got ugly, got real ugly. And I see that a lot, actually, all over the place. I see it on the Internet. I see where black folks get mad at each other on the Internet. Next thing you know, it's like I'm going to destroy you as you're destroying me. And when everybody's destroying everybody else, nobody wins because then we're all just broken up and busted. And it seems like that's a big problem uh, in a lot of our families. Um, what do you think, Dr. Price? Well, what I love that you brought up is and I know you specialize in the business of black people. 
we care very deeply. Um, you know, we are very much community-minded people who care deeply. And when you care deeply, you hurt deep, deeply. Um, and that energy, passion, and commitment has to go somewhere. You mentioned energy at the beginning of the of the of the broadcast. And so what I what I think is um, important and that sometimes again that we still miss is that when someone doesn't mean anything to me at all, there is absolutely no energy, no passion, no commitment. And then you layer in your life's work. And in many cases for entrepreneurs, my life savings, uh, this is how I feed my family. And we come into conflict about how that gets handled. It can We can start to live up to kind of what our lowest ideals are and not be our best selves. And that is not ultimately what we want. And I love Dr. George Frazier and his approach is when he says, if we can figure out how to be better together, the, the world is just so conquerable in that regard, if we can, if we can figure that out. And, you know, I like to stay in my lane. Um, you know, I know your lovely bride does these things with in romantic relationships. That is not my lane. In fact, it's, it's an area where if, if people start looking, they can figure out that I don't have that mastered. But when we are talking about teams, and, and when I say teams, I even mean just two people who are trying to do business together. I feel like I'm one of the best there is at helping people not use hope as a strategy to be thoughtful and strategic about how are we going to handle things when we see them differently. Um, and then I don't need to hold you accountable to anything but what you said. So, Dr. Dr. Boyce, if we sit down and we come to an agreement and then you are not honoring your agreement, I just have to hold you accountable to what you said. And none of this works if people lack character. But I believe that most people um, who have the wherewithal to go into business together aspire yeah. to show up in, 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 with integrity and with character. I believe that. Everybody, I'm speaking with Dr. Nicole Price. And uh, we're talking about particularly family business in our community, because I've, I've mentioned to you guys that your family is your first economic asset. And uh, but also sometimes you have family that you're not related to and you want to build together. And there is a process for that. There are tools for that. And I encourage you to pick up those tools if you want to get good at what you're doing. So do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. If you haven't done it yet, uh, share this video with any of your crazy relatives that you want, that you want, want to hopefully get, get them on the same page. I'm just messing with you. And, uh, and actually I want to ask Dr. Price that question. Um, but first of all, I'm going to ask the audience, I'm going to ask you, how many of y'all got some people that you would love to work with and partner with in your own family, but they just seem like they just on another planet. They just have crazy, it's ridiculous. You, you, you can't even get them to understand, like, look, just chill out and we can actually do some great things together. I, I go through it all the time, Dr. Price. I go through it where I'm sitting there thinking, if you would just calm your silly ass down, we can make so much money together, right? But but yet, because it seems to me that, you know, our experience in this country is tough, right? We endure trauma. You know, I know you, and you, you I've endured trauma. I know you endure trauma. Uh, your, your poor late mother and what happened with their, with her. I mean, my gosh, I, I was, my heart goes out, by the way, to your family for that. Um, and, and, and I think trauma kind of makes us, trauma, it seems, makes us triggered. And, it, and it's hard to kind of rein that back in. Um, how do you deal with a crazy relative? If you deal, if you got somebody in your family and you really want to try to find common ground, do you distance yourself or do you try to, uh, 
you know, find it, build a bridge. I mean, what, what do you do? I mean, a lot of us, our first reaction a lot of times is like, I got to get away from y'all. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, Our first, our first reaction is distance. And our first reaction is distance because oftentimes we put people in two categories. Either you are a mean, evil, vindictive person, or you are just so idiotic and dumb that I don't know what to do uh, with you. So when we put people in these two categories of jerks or idiots, it's a zero-sum game. There's no solution to that. But what I invite people to do is think about when conflict shows up, there are three specific reasons why people are fighting. One is we don't even have the same goal. You want one thing, I want something else. And if we are thoughtful about being clear about the goal for ourselves as individuals and then also about the business, we'll be much better off. The second reason why people get involved in conflict is because of a lack of clarity around role. I think my job is one thing. You think my job is something else. And so we are just really not aligned there. And so if I'm if I think that my job is the ultimate decision maker and you think your job is the ultimate decision maker, we are bound to fight. And then the third reason why people get engaged in conflict is because of procedures. So the how things get done. And when you're an entrepreneur, some of these things really blend together. What are we doing? Who's responsible for doing it? And how do we do it? Um, And when you're in the middle of it, because you noticed I raised my hand, too, when you said, do you have any family members who you would love to work with, but it just doesn't work out? Even I, when I am one of the players, need a third party to help us work through that. Oftentimes you cannot do it by yourselves because it's hard to listen sometimes without a third party to help making sure make sure that people get heard. Oh, sorry, I muted myself. Um, because I was I was focusing, I was actually taking notes. In case y'all wondering, I was taking notes for real because you know we're we're all trying to figure it out. So um I okay, I got the point when you mentioned uh, lack of clarity kind of around roles, like you know, am I the decision maker or you? Uh, you talked about procedures, maybe procedural ambiguity. Like we don't know exactly how we're going to do it. And then the other one, you, I remember you mentioned uh, putting people in categories. Was that the first reason? For well, the first is goal. So ultimately, what oh, are goal. we trying to do? Like what's the mission of our company? So if, if everyone on the line would actually think back to the last time you got into a business disagreement with someone mm. and then try to think through. Was it because they wanted a a different goal than I did? Like they ultimately they wanted to do something different or was it a lack of clarity around role? They thought their job was one thing. I thought it was different or vice versa. Or was it a lack of clarity around procedures, how we're going to get it done? Almost Mm. always it falls into one of those three categories. So I don't I want I don't want you to be vulnerable here on the line with everybody. But think if when you think about the last time you had a business conflict. Which of those three would you say was the predominant that led that led to the conflict? Like clarity around which one? I feel like everything. All of it. I like I like acronyms. I, I wrote down goals, roles, and procedures, and I came up with the word grapes. So oh. the, way I, the way I remember things is I have mnemonic devices. So I said, okay, if you eat the grapes, then you can be great. So so I everybody got the word grape. So that's going to be our goals, roles, and processes. GRP. But go ahead. I that, I, I can't because that that that's really important, powerful stuff you're saying. So please go ahead. Yeah, and and many times people just think, especially entrepreneurs, right? What's what's amazing about us 
is that we were the people who were not afraid, not we were we had the courage to start our own business, which means that you're that you're the kind of person who are willing to go your own way, that you'll take risk, that sometimes you go even though the path is not set in front of you um, sometimes. And so what that means is you might also be the person who's not likely to take the time up front to be thoughtful about these people, where they sit, what they do, um, how this all aligns to your ultimate mission and vision. You're just trying to get the bag. And, and to that, I say, from a people standpoint on your team, I don't care if you've worked with just one vendor or with your clients or just, you know, with one other person helping you, doesn't matter how big your team is. How is that working for you if you've not been thoughtful about who's responsible for what? Ultimately, where are we trying to go and how are we going to get there and just really getting people um, clear on that? And as the leader your job is to make people so clear on it that they get tired of hearing about it. Mm. Well, you know, one time, um, Dr. Price, I heard uh, the CEO of Domino's Pizza, um, he was describing what it was like building this company. <clears throat> he said, I just repeated myself for seven straight years. And uh, and that stuck with me, you know, and, uh, and I do agree. I, I know um, even as the head of the household, <clears throat> I have certain things I say in the house repeatedly to the kids and they get sick of hearing it. And I'm like, good. I want you to get sick of hearing it because I know that you've heard it. And I know this, we're drilling that into your head and we're real clear and, and simple. And it almost seems to me that, you know, I like, I like that. I mean, it's, and it's so basic what you just said, but it's, it's powerful because it allows you to do something really important without it being complex, right? Yeah. What is the goal? Uh, what is my job and what is your job and, <clears throat> and how are we going to do this? Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, I really like that. And so, uh, so everybody remember, if you if you eat your grapes, then you can be great. You can GRP grape. Just put the A and E in there. So yeah. I'll never I'll never forget it now. Um, so so Dr. Price, um, you know, uh, what if you um, what if you're in a situation where uh, you are working with um, a group of people, and let's say that you're in this team, and uh, let's say that you're not the boss of the of the team, you're a member of the group. And you have a conflict with someone in the group and it's getting out of hand and the boss doesn't care. Um, can you get some thoughts in terms of how a person might approach that in terms of, of finding a way to resolve a conflict? I don't know if there's a, an easy way to answer that question, but I thought I'd throw it out there for you because I know a lot of us run into situations like that. Yeah, conflict is one of the four areas of focus when I'm working with entrepreneurial um, small business teams and honestly, real large teams. Uh, but if we're talking specifically about black people and I'm speaking in sweeping generalizations, so uh, I don't want anybody to say, well, that's stereotypical. And, you know, I know one person who does this doesn't apply to. We know uh, what crime tends to look like in predominantly black areas. And uh, we can't ignore that. What, what comes up for me when I think about what that looks like for people who are running businesses is that we don't have de-escalation strategies. Um, and again, I'm speaking in sweeping generalizations. So if someone goes up, what do we do? Go up with them. <laughs> and it's like, ugh, you know what? If someone goes up, the leader is the one who actually can diffuse situations, not the one who can add a uh, fuel to, to fire. 
And so one a couple things that I like to, to leave with people to think about when conflict arises and you are not the leader and you're having conflict on your team, the first thing that I ask people to think about is, what would you want to happen if you were the other person? Because people's like first thought is, I'm going to go tell, like I'm going to go talk to the leader. And none of us want to be talked about behind our backs. So my invitation, one of my first invitations to everyone who's on the line today is if you are involved in conflict with someone and you cannot work it out, and I'll just use Dr. Boyce, you and I together, if we're together and we cannot figure it out, the mature team member says, all right, Dr. Boyce, let's go and talk to a third party together. Mm. I'm not going to go talk to the third party about you behind your back, mm-hmm. because then yeah. that fuels a culture of back channeling, mistrust. And now the leader has to come in and, and get involved. And when you're hiring people, you're hiring people for the benefits and beauty that they bring to your organization. Sometimes they will come without de-escalation strategies and we need to help teach them. And so a, a question that we often ask on our team is, how can you get what you want and I get what I want? Mm. Most of the time, we think zero sum. We learn that from the best people on the globe, colonizers. And that mm. is, if I get something, I must take from you. But actually, mm. culturally, that's not that's that's actually not in alignment with who we are. Culturally, we think of, we should be able to easily think about how can you get what you want and I get what I want. And through having set in those constraints and at least trying to talk about it, you're more likely to get to a solution. But most of the time, what's happening in people's heads is if I it's win-lose, competitive instead mm. of true win-win or compromise, which is lose-lose. Like both of us have to give up a little something. And I don't like either one of those. I think if we can think about how we both can win, the sometimes the option the answer shows up. Mm. That that is heavy. That's intense. I mean, that's um, you know that that's um, that makes me think about how when you talk about the zero sum game versus competition, um, versus collaboration, it does seem to me that that mindset that that unfortunately the capitalist I mean the pure capitalist mindset is a scarcity mindset. Right. It's, for for me to win, you got to lose. And that's not um, healthy. I, I think it, it, it just creates all these really awkward, odd um, energies, you know, greed, um, you know, competition, a lot of fighting, stuff like that. Uh, I feel better because I destroyed you. Right. As opposed to the abundance mindset, you know, it, it, which would be in conflict, in contrast to scarcity. The abundance mindset says, you know, um, look, you know, if we if we pull together and, and work at, work together somehow. Uh, that we can actually do something better together than we could apart, and I and I like that. I mean, you know, and I and I I encourage everybody to consider this. One of the things that that happened with me, Doctor Price, was I spent a lot of time thinking about the fact that um, that when you have an enemy, your goal isn't to defeat the enemy, and uh, and and maybe the the least that you can accomplish is to get away from the enemy, but um, but really, if you could turn that enemy into a friend then then you're 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 really winning right like so if you have you know like if i'm an eight and you're a four if an eight goes to war with a four then maybe you know you take four away from me i i take you down to zero 
So now I'm a four, you're a zero. And I say, I won, right? Because I've got four, you got zero. But really, I didn't win. I used to be an eight. But then I went to war with you. And we, you know, we're destroying each other, we're attacking each other, whatever it is, right? So we're both losing because war is, is, is a destructive energy period, right? And a lot of black folks are at war with each other. Some of y'all in here are at war with your own damn relatives, you know, with your spouse, <laughs> you know, your siblings, all that, right? Best friends. It's, 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 it's terrible. We know what it's like in these streets, right? Yeah. But you think about it, right? Instead of my eight defeating your four, we all also know that my eight plus four is 12, wow, yeah. right? And, uh, and, I, and I, I encourage everybody to really think that way. But that really requires you to kind of shift away from what we're trained to, to think. You know, it, uh, it. I remember I had to kind of, because as a man, you're like chest thumping, competitive. I'm going to win. We're number one, you know. And I was like, no, actually, I don't I don't need to be number one. How about we all become number one? And then, and then everybody's happy. Everybody wins, right? And of course, it's, it's that's idealistic, right? Doesn't apply to every situation. It doesn't, yeah. But but I definitely know uh, when Denzel watched. Anybody remember Crimson Tide when Denzel watched Gene Hackman's character asked Denzel? He said uh, he was talking about war, and Denzel Denzel said, "Well, actually, the enemy, the the person you're fighting, is not the real enemy." And, and he said, "So so tell us, Mr. Washington. Well, who is the real enemy?" He said, "Well, uh, sir, the enemy of war is war itself." Right. So I encourage you, uh, don't go to war with your family. Don't go to war with your people. You know, and the closer they are, uh, the more you are destroying, you know, anything that's good right there. So, Dr. Price. Um, and by the way, I want everybody to know I'm talking to Dr. Nicole Price. Her website is right here. She actually coaches a lot, a lot of people. Uh, actually, she's coaching me in a lot of stuff. And that's why I love I, I was happy to bring her in because I believe she's a skill. And uh, she, she can work with you, not just on. Uh, as a team, but as an individual. And uh, and I went to Nicole because I said, I want to be a better leader. Uh, I know that I have a little bit of influence and I want to use that influence wisely. I want to use it in a way that's productive. Um, you know, uh, my conflict in the, in, in, in the situation I was kind of finding myself in was that you, um, you have different scenarios, right? You have some scenarios where you have quite a bit of power, you know, where you can kind of just do whatever you want in power. You can be tempted by power to use that power in a bad way. And I didn't want to do that. But then also you have, um, you, you draw attention from people that could be defined as predators, mm-hmm. right? Prey on whatever it is that they think you have. So, 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 so the predators, uh, I, well, I remember hearing Will Smith talk about it, you know, and he said that, that the hard part is that you have to find a way to fight off your predators without letting your heart go dark. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to use your power in a productive way. Like I love something Will said, Will said, he said, the cool thing about being famous is that you can say that you can give a person the tiniest compliment and it'll change their whole world. Like it'll make they'll remember that for the rest of their life. You know, you tell them they have a, that, that, they, that that's a great looking outfit. They'll they'll be happy all day long and wear that outfit for the next 10 years. You know, and, and, and I, I like that because that shows uh, the positive use of, of, of that power and energy. And so when, when Nicole and I would talk and, uh, and I'm going to stop talking, actually, because I want her to talk more than me. But we would talk. I, I was sort of like, OK. How do you how do you balance that? Right. Because you, you run into situations that, that are tough and then you want to clam up and close down and shut down and get away from me. And because I don't, I don't need to talk to anybody, but you can't do that. Right. You have to be able to um, move differently over time. So a lot of you are leaders. A lot of you are CEOs. Uh, how many of you in here are entrepreneurs? How many of you started a business? I mean, you're CEOs, you're leaders uh, in your families, leaders in your communities. I encourage you to get the kind of support you need so that you can actually balance yourself enough to do your job right. Because if you do your job well and you empower and strengthen the people around you, 
it definitely makes you stronger. So, so Nicole, maybe you can talk talk about that in terms of um, I'm not even gonna frame it as a question. I'd like to get your thoughts on some of what I said. One of the things I noticed is that you know, self-preservation is a natural emotion. We all want to kind of make sure that we're good and safe and protected. And what I learned is that by empowering other people around me, I was empowering myself. Mm -hmm. So it's allowed me to be giving and selfish at the same time, if that makes any sense, right? I didn't have to become a martyr. I could actually understand that the more I'm supporting the people around me, the 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 the, the stronger my organization got to be, um, the stronger my circle was. And, and then my circle actually came in and, and backed me up when I needed them. Uh, what do you think about some of that in terms of, of just that whole process? Well, I'm actually a fan of growth mindset. I think you know that for sure. And my job is to be of service to you. You know, when you call me as your coach, you say you didn't want to talk too much, but my job is to listen so that I have a good understanding of what, you know, challenge you have so I can be really helpful. And when I think about my own business, I wasn't even close to seven figures when I was just thinking about how I could protect my own stuff. Yes, I have trademarks. Yes, I have copyrights. Those things are important. You don't want to be um, irresponsible with your intellectual property. But my first seven figure year came when I and you know this, Dr. Dr. Boyce, when I started sharing publicly on social media for free three days a week, some of the, the basics of you know, my, my content. And I know that many of my uh, competitors follow me religiously. I know that they repeat things that I say, and there's enough sun to shine on everybody. And if I'm being honest, there's so much work to do in the space where I work that I can't do it all anyway. <laughs> and so why not help another sister eat? Why not help another brother eat and Quite frankly, because of my background as a chemical engineer and kind of understanding uh, more how process works and my level of education and research in some of these things, I can help people to make sure that they're talking about what they know. And so when I think about abundance, um, when I opened my heart up, and that's what I mean, when I opened my heart up to say, what is for me is for me, nobody can take it. What is for you is yours. I don't even want it. And I can share freely because it is mine. Like that, mm -hmm. that's a mindset I can't convince someone of. But I will tell you, if you just try, I don't know, once a month to just say whatever someone asked me today, I'm going to say yes. And just mm -hmm. see what happens. See what the universe gives you. Every time I've said yes to you, Dr. Boyce, it has been a benefit to me, regardless of if I made financial dollars from it. Um, and I'm not suggesting anyone go broke, like trying to be generous. That's not what I'm suggesting. I'm, I am suggesting, though, that when we believe that there's not enough to go around, it's really hard to grow. It's mm -hmm. really hard to grow our business. And um, I think about that. And when we think about our employees, when we're saying things like, I can't find people who want to work. These people are lazy. They don't you know, they don't want the same things. And. What I would say is more true is that leaders have to learn how to inspire people around the work. Mm. Some people are naturally inspired around your work and other people need to be elevated a bit. And as the leader, if you can't motivate, motivate someone to want to follow you, whose challenge is that? Is that our employees or is that ours? And um, mm. I believe it's the latter. And so that's what I'm here for. I wanted to tell you that for your folks who are on the line today, 
Uh, typically, a 12-month um, coaching session is $10,000, but for everyone who signs up, uh, we're offering it for a mere $275 for anybody in your organization who signs up, and the, the code is COACH. I don't know if you want to share that with everybody, but yeah. here, here's my thinking. I want Black people to have their own personal development uh, plan for, as part of their business. You, I've given a personal development plan to you and to your brother, Lawrence, and I'm sure it has been really helpful to you. And you can talk about that, but really to help you understand what's your leadership style? How do you handle the um, co communication? How do you handle conflict, change, and decision-making? And if you want to be your best self, because Dr. Boyce, I also don't try to change you. You know that there are certain things about who you are that I'm like, oh, makes me just a little nervous. But when you come to me, I'm not trying to change you. I'm trying to help you make progress on your goals. And that's my role as a coach. So uh, typically $10,000, $10,000 for the year, but happy to for your folks. It's um, do it for $275. And again, that'll include a development plan that even if they decide yeah. not to work with me going forward, that that development plan can help them with their team. Okay. Yeah. Well, I like that a lot. So um, her website, Nicole's website is NicoleDPrice.com. And the, the code word is coach. It's coach. Yep. You okay. just go to the store. And if you, if you want to bring yourself and maybe your assistant or yourself and maybe your COO, um, you get an even additional 10% off uh, for two, for getting more than one um, mm -hmm. coaching session or more, more than one coaching seat. So I just I wanted that. to share that because I, it's not it's not often that I get to get in front of your my people, your people. Um, I think was it a year ago now? It's, it feels like yeah. Talk. yeah. So I'm feeling I'm feeling generous. <laughs> I'm feeling <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're here. And um, and I can tell you all I work with Nicole and she's very good at what she does. And um, and sometimes I mean, there's been times where I called Nicole like, OK, I got this problem. I need help. Can you talk me through it? And, and what, what really um, I was impressed um, and I'm, I'm looking at a couple of words I wrote down as you were talking. Whenever she talks, I take notes. I want everybody to know that. And um, uh, two words that came to mind uh, that came to mind when you were talking was you talked about listening. And listening is um, especially for me as somebody who talks too much. Uh, that was something I had to really start being intentional about. And I learned that really listening was very important in terms of you know resolving conflicts, understanding people, uh, listening, being able to repeat what you just said to me, you know, getting out of my own ego in terms of what I feel and what I think and how I'm going to respond, and really trying to get into what you're saying and what you're you know and and that's something I've noticed that a lot of great leaders can do. You know, um, uh, people that I respect, you know, like the George Frazier's and yourself and stuff like that. You know, that's what they do. They'll listen and they completely get everything that's going on. And uh, the other thing that came to mind, the other word was um, the word reciprocity, um, mm -hmm. AKA trade. Uh, you know, I, I think that everybody needs to understand this. This is something that wealthy people and in, in the billionaires and millionaires, the, the good ones anyway, understand, I believe, which is that trade is the key to wealth. You know, before there was money and, you know, how did they know who, which cities were the richest cities and which people were the richest people? Well, it was based on trade. You know, if there's a lot of trade, then good things happen. When there's no trade, nothing good happens. So I want you to pay attention now. Everybody listen. So when you have uh, a country, sometimes you'll have scenarios where a country says, 
you know what, we're, we're, we're doing too much for other people. We're, we're giving too much, you know, too much of our stuff over here and over there. And they'll go into a national mindset, right? Like the Donald Trumpish kind of mindset, like, like us and only us and we matter and that's it, you know, screw everybody else. And unfortunately that what that is, that's like the equivalent of somebody, you know, who goes into love romantic relationships saying it's all about me. I'm going to get mine. That's it. Right. That's not a healthy relationship and it doesn't lead to a healthy outcome. So when economies go into a shutdown nationalist mindset, there's a big economic loss that occurs. Um, the pandemic, that's why that's why GDP plummeted, because everything shut down. People stayed away from each other. We weren't traveling. We weren't connecting. We weren't trading. Right. So trade is the key to wealth. So I need you to translate what I just said. Everything I just said, translate that to the black community. Right. Now, I want you to think about, uh, you know, the scenarios you might have seen where you have maybe family members that can't stand each other. Uh, a lot of distrust because of trauma. Like I got to stay away from them Negroes. because so you got black people that are more scared of black people than they are white people. Like they'll go and they will engage with white people because they feel safer with them than they do with their own people. Right. Well, well, that leads to economic loss, right? Because if you have, let's say you have three siblings that if they came together and put all their labor together, they could create this amazing business, right? But because they've never learned how to resolve conflicts and they've never learned how to fully trust each other, they stay away from each other. Like, well, I can't work with my sister because my sister get on my nerves and my brother, he's just stupid. So what do they do? What happens then, right? Well, I go work for white man A. He goes works works for white man B. You know, she go works for for the factory down the street, and all that labor, that capital, that human capital that could have come together to form a powerful family business is now being dispersed and, and reallocated and sent out to somebody else. You see, and and, so, and then from a personal standpoint, when we're trying to get together from uh, uh, as a family, we can't align vacations, we can't spend the time together, and so that's another added layer of stress. I want to clarify for people though, I'm not a therapist. Um, and I do think everyone needs to have their own like personal therapist because sometimes, and I'm, I'm talking about me too. So I am not disparaging anyone else. Sometimes I have family members who will not work for my business because of childhood trauma where you think you're better. I think I'm better. What, whatever that stuff has to be unpacked on a personal level and work through um, because why would we allow that to damage our ability to, mm. to, to, to make money together for our family mm. and build wealth? Even when you think about, when you talk about trade, I mean, at this point, I do kind of consider you friend, friend, family, maybe, um, we trade, yes. we trade and, yeah. um, and I don't, I don't think anyone is feeling like they have lost out because we trade. Yep. Yep. And I, 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 and I agree a hundred percent. You know, I think that that is, and, and trade requires trust, yes. you know, right. Because if, if I'm, if I'm trying to establish a recipro any form of reciprocity with another person, I got to trust that whatever I throw out, I have a chance of getting that back. <laughs> you know, like, because if you don't trust it, if you don't believe, if you think you're going to throw it away and it's going to be gone, like I'm going to do you a favor and you, you go, you're not going to do nothing for me then I'm not going to, it's going to make me feel uncomfortable. Right. And here's the thing, when you're playing that game, it's like, if you're, if we're playing with, you know, with the bouncing ball and there's different people to play in different ways, right? Some people you bounce on the ball, they bounce the ball back to you. Some people you bounce on the ball, they run off with the ball. right? So everybody's scared of losing their ball, you know, and, and, I, and I'm going to tell you the truth, uh, Dr. Price, 
I pay close attention to the people that I trade with yeah. to determine, okay, what kind of ball are you playing? Yeah. You know, are you going to bounce it back or are you going to run off with the ball? When I well, start running off with the ball, I, I don't I don't trade with that. It's like it's like having a bad relationship with it. It's like having a relationship with a selfish person, right? Well, and, by, and by definition, it's not trade if it's not equitable. Um, mm-hmm. It's charity if it's not equitable. Mm. You know, if you ask to barter with me, but I don't have something that's valuable to you, then that's charity. Mm-hmm. We're not talking charity. We're talking trade, what we believe to be equitable services for equitable services, yes, you know, yes. and um, and I, I advise that you only do that with people you trust. But I, I want to say this emphatically. If trust is is low on your internal team, you will never have a high performing organization. Mm. Wow, that's, that's possible. Heavy. That's heavy. I, that 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 makes perfect sense, you know. And I think that um, some of us, because of trauma, have a hard time trusting anything or anybody. Because there have been times where <clears throat> my trust might be tested, you know, and it requires patience and the ability to just chill out and relax and not to misinterpret certain things, you know. Yeah. Uh, like uh, I think, um, who was it? I think a friend, uh, one of my friends told me about a book that, that they read called the four agreements. And, uh, and one of the, one of the four agreements was something like, don't take anything personally. personally. Yeah. And, and I, I've had to use that when I run into situations where my trust is tested, like, okay, all right, well, what, what, so what's going on over here? What, what, are we, what are we doing? You know? And, uh, and I would say, no boys, don't take it personally. Take your time, be patient. Don't respond right away. And I, and I've actually seen you do that. I've seen you, in scenarios where you could have easily blew up, <clears throat> blew up and went off on so maybe went off on me. You know, Lord knows I say a lot of crazy stuff, and you didn't. You just had like a, like you had this real cool demeanor. Like, well, maybe it shouldn't. Maybe you don't have to see it that way. <laughs> and, uh, and so I so I encourage everybody to learn from that. You know, so Doctor Price, let me ask you about this. We got this. I, I got to ask you about your book, The Holy Educated Motherfucker. Since it's right on your website, I went. Through- <laughs> I went to Nicole. I know I went to NicoleDeprice.com and I saw the book and I said, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and talk about the book. Tell us about the holy educated motherfucker. How did you become such a motherfucker in the first place? Oh gosh, I didn't how did I become that? I don't know, but I, I will say that my name means victory for the people. Um, and when I use the word holy, I don't always mean it in the way that people take it to mean. I mean, anyone who is walking in alignment with their purpose is a holy person. Um, and when I play on the book, I talk about the whole of our experiences and how they make us who we are and how every person on the planet has good things about them and bad things about them. And that part of the book, the holy part is truly about seeing how can we own that, live live solidly in that so we can show up as the best people we can be? The, the second uh, word, educated, is, is not in the traditional senses that people mean it. And I know you and I are agreeing, uh, in agreement on this. There are formal ways to get educated and there are informal ways to get educated. And some of us just learn things from street knowledge, education. And all of it is important. But when you have a natural talent, Sometimes the tendency is to rest on the laurels of that natural talent rather than doing the work to make sure that you know what the hell you're doing out here in these streets. And I think it is leadership is one of those areas. And you and I have talked about this. Well, people will take on an entrepreneurial role and don't know anything about leadership and then wonder why their restaurant is suffering 
wonder why their candle business is suffering, wonder why their manufacturing, their small manufacturing business is suffering. Leadership is a critical component. If you're leading people, you need to understand how leadership works and that education is necessary. And then the MFR, you know, listen, entrepreneurship requires grit. The unthinkable will happen. People will fail you. Some people will run off with the ball and who are you in those moments? Beautiful people do not just happen. It is the result of being tried in the fire of sorts. And so all, <laughs> those, all those things are me. I wrote that book for people when they face the unthinkable um, so that they could have not necessarily a, a, a roadmap, but a toolkit that they can pull things out of to help them when the unthinkable happens. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm really proud of that book. It is the only non-business book that I've written. And um, I'm proud of it. I think it's my best work yet. Yeah, well, you know what? I I, I, I think it's great. I love it. And um, and I'll tell you what, it's there's a, there's a lot that people can learn from you. And um, I encourage everybody to go take a look at the website, NicoleDPrice.com. Uh, she's a very smart lady. And uh, she's uh, the kind of thing that we need. Uh, everybody in here, I want everybody to know, everybody in here is a CEO. Even if you don't have a business, you're the CEO. If you if you run your household, you are the CEO of that household. And your house is probably the most important organization you'll ever lead. And uh, and I know that as the CEO of my house, or the co-CEO, right? I'm the king. She's the queen. We know that. Uh, there are so many times where um, I have to uh, be very conscious and aware of how I make decisions, how I process things, how I respond to things. And um, and it's tough because, you know, you're, you're breaking generational curses. I don't know how many of y'all in here feel like you're just trying to not do things the way things were done to you when you were growing up. And uh, and I encourage you to keep trying and I applaud you for seeking growth. Uh, that's that's really important and valuable. And it's going to make a big difference in your life and the lives of others. So I, I hope you'll join me in saying thank you to uh, Dr. Price uh, for hanging out with us today. I, I appreciate your time. Thank you, Dr. Price. I appreciate you too. I'm going to push you though. At, at one point, I want you to allow me to coach you publicly so the people can see. Yes. yes. The, next, the next time you get into a fight with the baby or somebody, I think, I think we should but those have. Those are fun. I like that. But what if I like to fight? You know, when I was little, when I used to get in fights, my mama, I got, I remember I got in one big fight that lasted about two hours. My mama came out on the front porch and was watching me fight. And then she got up and went back into the house. That's so trifling. <laughs> De-escalation strategies are really helpful when you know we're what, trying to build. My, my mom was, was from the hood, and she just saw fighting was just a part of life. And, and shoot, my daddy, my daddy really was a fighter. So I, I, yeah, there was no. But but you know what? But I can appreciate the de-escalation energy, and I. I'm trying. I'm trying. Well, I mean, you, I mean, I don't, you don't, you're not from Kansas city, but I grew up on 45th and forest and, you know, I had my, mm -hmm. my share of fights and um, you know, if that is your experience, you knew that sometimes fighting was just to be able to keep the peace. <laughs> like you had to fight mm -hmm. to keep the peace. But what I will <laughs> say is that many of us now are not in physical danger and still mm -hmm. the strategies we use are to attack Mm. And as the leader, when you're thinking about the culture you want to create, just, you know, if you don't want me to help you consider getting yourself some kind of executive coach who can help you with the leadership components. And and Dr. Boyce, you need to let me do a public coaching session the next time you get into one of these public fights. 
Uh, let me think about it. Let me think about it. <laughs> I think you should let the people see how the process works. Oh gosh, that, that's a tough one because you know it's you know what you know what's so tough about it is that I know that you know some, you know when everybody's watching that 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 there's a little you you say you're not a therapist but when we're talking I feel like I'm talking to a therapist because I'll you know because you'll you'll coach me through a way to kind of approach a problem that's completely outside of myself and and then when you get outside of yourself you start looking at your old self and saying okay it's, I don't like that self so much. You know, and that's a, that's tough. Like that's, yeah. that's emotional. You know that that's because that's growth. And growth is hard. But I encourage I encourage everybody to grow. And um, and I'll, I'll go ahead and hit the mute button. It sounds like you got a little feedback, but it's okay. All right, so everybody, please uh, thank Dr. Price for her time. Uh, God bless all of you. It was real. And uh, her website here is nicoledprice.com. If you could also hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button on your way out the door. And uh, we will see you all soon. And Dr. Price, you can just hang on and we'll, we'll say goodbye um, offline. So uh, take care, everybody. Have a good day. See you soon. Bye-bye. Great job.